Hello, dear star shines. Welcome to another edition to the lunchtime chats. Uh, go ahead and say hi. Let me know you're here. Hello, Beverly. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'll give everybody some time to get online here. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina, and I am in a a <laughs> Ooh, chip it over my words. I am a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities, and perspectives that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. And therefore, our, um, our, needs, are, our needs for connection and understanding are very unique to us. And I am here to do to the best of my ability to provide a liberated perspective to the challenges to this uh, that we face in this changing, chaotic, miraculous realm that we live in. And, uh, and hopefully I do so every week. And, and this is my intention is to, you know, help liberate these perspectives so we can experience more sovereignty, more freedom, more ease in our walk. Hey, Jackie, welcome, welcome. Hey, Sherry, welcome, welcome. So today I want to talk about, I want to talk about integration. I want to talk about some history stuff, some more things, elaborate on some things that I mentioned in the past couple chats and, uh, and dive deeper into the nesting dolls, what I mean by nesting dolls and what, how this relates to our journey into expressing being, living from our, our, our authenticity. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Tony, good to see you. Thanks for saying hi. All right, darling. So you know, this year is is starting off with a bang in uh, in my perspective and where things are. And uh, there's uh, pieces that are coming forward for me, but also the collective that I want to talk about. And one of these pieces that I want to talk about is integration. What does it mean to integrate? How can you tell that you fully integrated something? Um, and and I also want to mention a couple ways you can, um, some practices you can adapt to assist you in your integration process. So first, what do I mean by integrating? And, and what is the context that this is relevant? What I mean is, you know, it's when you have either a really powerful activation experience, as in your awareness, your consciousness got activated to a more expanded way of being, a blind spot has been shattered, maybe an aspect of self has been realized, and this activation has um, turned something on inside that is not your usual rhythm, that maybe butts up against the, the regular live, uh, rhythm that you live by. These are the kinds of things that we need to work at integrating. Because if we don't integrate these pieces, then these activations could serve as a mechanism to keep us even more out of our body, even more separated from our daily lives. So when we integrate something, we are integrating this new expansion, this new DNA dance, this new rhythm into our daily life, into the very way that we be moment to moment to moment. Integration is also used a lot in plant, med plant medicine circles. So that could, there's lots of different kinds of plants, plant medicines out there. The most popular um, one known is, is stuff like psilocybin or um, ayahuasca. Uh, of course, there's many more beyond that, but those are the, the two real biggies. So integrating can be a challenge especially nowadays because the veils are lifting as quickly as they are and really deep aspects of self that we really have uh, very limited um, ways to relate to. You know, um, there we're really limited in the ways that we can relate to this, these other pieces, and it, it, it does take time. For example, for if you're working with a master, I don't mean novice, but I mean a master ayahuasqueros, for example, it can take decades to integrate the experience that you had. Now, this could be said for psilocybin as well and the other plant medicines, um, but I, I will 
I, I point out ayahuasca, ayahuasca because a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are seeking that out and there's a lot of ceremonies and things being offered. Um, not always by masters, actually most of the time, 99% of the time, it's not a master. It's somebody who knows how to brew and has a, perhaps a spiritual calling to work with the medicine. Okay. So, uh, Integrating can be really challenging, like I said, because that particular medicine and other medicines like that can shatter or put major cracks into the ego structures of who we think we are. It can it can shatter even the constructs of who we think we are. And and it's really scary to face life with something like that shattered. And what happens is, is that an activation or a, um, a shattering, a cracking like that doesn't necessarily mean you are going to be forever changed. What forever changes you is how you integrate that experience into the way you be. And this means energetically, it means psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, and all these levels. Now, our constructs of who we think we are, um, are part of that nesting doll experience that I talk about. And this also ties into authenticity, because a lot of people are confused about what authenticity means. And really, as you expand in your awareness, who you are authentically changes as you expand. And this, this is because as you integrate these new rhythms into your awareness and who you are, it means that you have to confront these pieces that you, these nesting dolls of who you think you are. And it takes courage because the ego driver and its constructs are meant to keep you safe and feeling secure. And uh, fear happens anytime that gets challenged. And when you have a construct that has shattered, it's scary. There's a lot of fear that comes up. And also uh, qualify, this is also a false idea that happens within a spiritual waking experience as well. People think that, ah, just because you had this experience, now you're forever changed, but never are able to step past the fear part. And what I want to talk about with this is that it takes a lot of courage to step past fear. And courage is like a muscle. The more courageous you are, the more courage you exercise, the stronger that muscle becomes. And it becomes easier and easier to face your fear. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be on a spiritual path to have that courage to face your fear. Uh, if you are truly integrating the pieces that are happening in your spiritual awakening, you do come to this point of courageousness. Um, but, you know, it's a road. It's a path to get there. It doesn't just happen like that. Because the nesting dolls of our ego driver, who we think we are, has trained us to be controlled by fear. Fear of rejection, fear of loneliness, fear of pain, okay, fear of sadness, uh, fear of loss of control, right? All these pieces are part of the constructs of that nesting of the nesting doll of ego driver. And this is why a lot of spiritual practices use language that make the ego the enemy. And, uh, and, and I can see how this can be confusing, but really we need our ego driver to function in this world. So it's not about shattering the ego driver and beating it up and putting it under the rug and you just being your authentic spiritual self. This, this is, this is not honoring the fact that you're in a bio suit operating in this realm. Really what integrating does, it tempers your, the structures of your ego driver so it becomes in alignment, in harmony with the truth of your spirit. So that way your ego driver is no longer a, um, is less and less something that you have to battle against and becomes more and more an ally to the truth of your spirit. But this takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of inner strength. And oftentimes people visit those places where they don't feel like they have it. 
guys, let me know if you've had an awakening experience where you've had those moments where you feel like you don't, you're, you don't have the courage that it takes, or perhaps you feel like you're too messed up and beyond uh, reclamation, because <laughs> that's part of it too. So what it means to integrate is that once the cracking happens, once the, 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 the structure of the ego driver has that breach, that means now the real work begins in that you start feeding that crack. You start feeding it so it separates and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger so more of your spirit can flow through you. More of the voice of your spirit can have your conscious awareness where the needs of the true needs of your spirit have a place in your life. And that means changing your life. That means oftentimes changing your friends, changing your life circumstances, changing the way you operate in the world. And if we're not willing to change the way we operate in this realm, in this world, then that crack will start to heal over. It'll start to solidify again. Okay. It'll start to solidify again. And that cracking actually will start to shift in the memory and turn into a trauma that needs healed. Okay. Versus if you keep feeding that crack and opening yourself wider and wider and wider and wider and let that, that shell fall away. This is where you start to experience deeper levels of liberation and freedom inside of yourself. That means that construct that was working against the truth of who you are, the truth of your spirit is no longer there working against you. That much more of your quantum is now working with you, with the truth of your spirit. And, and it, it's a journey, like I said, to figure this out. Oh, awesome. I'm glad to hear that, darling. Uh, dear brother Darren says, I am never beyond repair. That's excellent. Um, you know, it takes, it's a journey to get to that place because very often people in their experiences as they crack open more and more and more, there's this point where it feels like it's an endless process. And, you know, those thoughts of Matt, wow, maybe I am too screwed up to, to get fixed. I know I've definitely had those anyway. So w what I'm saying here is that these nesting dolls of our ego driver, what, what is in battle against us that gets cracked. And you can make the adjustments mentally, emotionally, environmentally, spiritually to accommodate that cracking so it can continue to fall away. And then you are reborn in a different in a different way. And that is one less nesting doll of the constructs of ego driver in your way. Some people think authenticity is just being honest, but what they don't realize is that what part of you are you coming from? with those pieces that you think you're being honest about. A lot of people think that these nesting doll constructs of who they think they are is the truth of who they are. So they will, uh, they can't tell the difference between the construct of the ego driver and the voice of their spirit. And you can tell those of you who are awoke to your multidimensional layers, which all of you guys are on some level, you can tell when it's when uh, when people are speaking from ego driver con construct versus the truth of their spirit. And that's because when someone. Here, let me back up before I go there. We need to understand that our voice is vibration and sound. Sound and vibration is an interdimensional aspect of who we are. Some of the original teachings about um, our throat center categorizes our throat center as a creational force. Okay. As in we in the olden days, when properly tempered, have the capacity to speak things into being. And where we're coming from when we're speaking is the difference between speaking with power and just speaking draining energy. For those of you who know about Vipassana, Vipassana is a 10 day 
meditation experience founded by a particular spiritual leader that uh, that guides one through the Vipassana process. And these they, they're centers all over the world. You can go there for 10 days. Usually they're by donation and you can experience the uh, 10 days of silence and the meditations. This is highly purifying and very energizing because no longer people are no longer using their speech. People are no longer using their gestures to express who they think they are from any one of these nesting dolls of their ego driver. It's just them and themselves. And that in itself can be a pretty significant activation and purging. So when you come from who you think you are with your voice, you're speaking energetically interdimensionally from a place of more static because the ego driver doesn't necessarily exist in the way that it does in these in this plane as, as a, in, in these other dimensional aspects of who we are. So when we're speaking from these places of who we think we are, our words don't have a lot of power. Our intentions may, but the words themselves don't. And when we speak from a place from very deep within ourselves, you, it's, it's, I can tell the difference. Many people awoke to the multidimensional levels can tell the difference as well, because those are the words that give you goosebumps up your legs. Those are the words that you can actually feel on a visceral level. And it's the same voice right? Expressing, saying, admitting these sounds that we call words, but it's from where within us, these sounds, intense words are intentions and words are coming from is that's the difference. And this is really important because this, this shows us how far we've integrated. Have you ever listened to somebody and they were just really hard to listen to? It's like, it takes a lot of energy to listen, to pay attention to what they're saying, blah, 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 you know, as they talk, 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 talk. And this is because they're coming from a place of who they think they are and they're spending a lot of energy with the words and there is a underlying piece inside of them that's not being acknowledged and that is getting activated and quite literally wanting to suck your attention to that, to that person inside. Now, some people say, oh, that's just because their throat chakra is out of balance, right? A lot of times people are saying that because that's an understanding that they are regurgitating. That's an understanding that's not integrated. Because when it's integrated, you can see the reason why that center may be out of balance. And it could be that they're speaking from a nesting doll that has caused a lot of suffering in their life of who they think they are that caused them a lot of anxiety and suffering. It could be that they are not even in their bodies while they're talking. They're just coming from this realm way up here while they're talking. Versus when you're speaking from a place deep inside, it's, it's actually very comforting and easy to listen to what's being said. Very often, there's a lot less words required to convey the understanding that's being said as well. So integrating these crackings can be facilitated with your voice. It can be facilitated with your voice in such a way um, where as you speak from these deeper levels within you, you're doing a few things. You're acknowledging that piece of you. You're giving that piece of you a voice. You are valuing that aspect of you enough to give it room in your reality. So by so when you speak from that place inside of you, you are supporting your own integration. You can sing from that part of you. You can tone from that part of you. So say you had a cracking. Say you had a very strong activation. And now you know there's some kind of integration to do, but you have no idea where to begin. 
This is where taking time for yourself is really important. You take time for yourself to actually touch that part of you that you've opened up to. And then you can start just letting sounds out from that place. How I like to guide people into it is imagine your vocal cords are can stretch like a bungee and you take that vocal cord and you connect it with that place inside that has just opened up. And then you give it sound, you give it a voice and it could be a tone. It could be just a grunt and uttering. Okay. Could be that. It could also start evolving into a song, a spontaneous melody that comes out. And those are really great because songs, melodies, those did not just start in that moment. Usually that song and melody is in rhythm and tempo with your own soul song, with your own heart song. And with the voicing from that place, with a rhythm like that, you're, you're retuning all that to be in harmony with your soul slash heart song. So you can do those sorts of things. You can also practice speaking from that place. So there is, um, in many circles, uh, psychology circles also do this too, somatic psychology particularly, where you have um, dialogue with yourself. Say you have a dialogue with something you might identify as an inner child. This is where you ask a question and then you voice the answer that you get from that part of yourself. It's like you give that part of your inner child the megaphone of your voice and you let it talk out. This is very, very potent thing to do because like I said, the voice is an interdimensional capacity of this bio suit. Sacred songs are also very potent, but it's just not a matter of singing the song. It's about feeling the song and it being sung through you. Ancestral songs are absolutely invaluable in this way because these songs have been sung generation after generation after generation after generation in a sacred capacity. So you quite, you are quite literally reintegrating that part of you into the life stream of your ancestors. So now they in the sacred space that they were holding as they were singing those songs are getting the opportunity to hold that sacred space for you as well, for your healing, for your integration. So using the voice is really, really potent when you can give these things um, a voice, a tone, a sound. And if something is stuck, like if something is in the way of you reintegrating this piece that's been activated, your voice will, giving it voice will allow it to begin to move. So it can continue its journey of moving through you. Because these nesting doll ego driver pieces of who we think we are, are inherited. They're passed down generation to generation to generation. Our bio suit comes pre-programmed. When we're growing in the womb, it's getting programmed by the thought, all the thoughts, feelings, spaces, awarenesses that our mother was experiencing. Our DNA dance, we've inherited from our mother and father lines. So the hindrances in that dance and the freedom in that dance is all, is all inherited. So our voice can connect us interdimensionally to our own spirit, to our ancestors, to celestial realms, to elemental realms, to lyric realms, okay? It's a very, very powerful thing to do. The other thing we could be doing to integrate is writing. Writing is very helpful. And, you know, it's really a shame that modern day schooling has taken out cursive writing out of its curriculum in favor of learning how to type instead. Because writing, especially cursive, is an extremely um, effective means to help one integrate downloads and, and other sorts of things like this that come from the interdimensional realms. And it's because as you write, you are transferring the understanding from one side of the brain to the other side of the brain. So it can come out in your writing. This is why automatic writing is a thing. This is why a lot of people who channel, channel it into writing before they speak it. Okay. 
So it's like a, it's, it's a step, a, a precursor. So writing does the, um, the transference from one side of the brain to the other, but then it's also an action that you're taking that's bringing, that's, that's bringing this understanding into this reality, into this realm. So in this way, writing is very, can be a very, very useful tool. And of course, the other pieces are actually taking action, taking action to make room in your life for this new piece of you that you now realize. This new piece of you that has emerged out of the crack in the ego driver that has happened. And I'm speaking about this today because 2024 seems like we really, we, we will really benefit from having a solid ground inside of us because the, uh, the shifting, the changing, the purging, all this stuff is not over. We have a lot more to go through and this is a marathon. This is not like, you know, check off the list. I got it done. It's like, Oh, I'm awake now. Check. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just having a conversation with the dear star shine earlier, um, where, uh, we were talking about, you know, all, you know, you wake up and there's like, it seems like there's there's resistance on all these layers that you wake up to it seems endless and my comment to that is well it is it's infinite it's absolutely infinite and for some people that can be a very discouraging remark for me in my perception it's a very liberating remark because the goal isn't to clean everything out so so there's 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 no interferences in my understanding, you know, we're doing this work so we ourselves can be free and sovereign in this realm. So that's not having to go to every infinite level and clean all these constructs out necessarily. That's, that's going and addressing the specific constructs that show up as barriers to our inner sovereignty and our inner freedom. You see, it's really, it's really simple like that. And how can you tell you're in your, you're successful in your journey towards sovereignty, towards freedom? It's the quality of your presence. The more present you are, the more presence you bring, I should say, from moment to moment to moment, that shows you how free you are. That shows you how liberated you are. And it's, like I said, it's a journey because what I considered um, strong presence 10 years ago is very different to what I consider alchemical presence these days. Okay. There's a lot to unravel. And what's helpful for me in this journey is to recognize that we're not alone in this unraveling. And it doesn't all have to be hard, hard work. It is hard work in some ways, but there is a point in time where we start to recognize this can be fun too. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of happiness to be had while we're going through these layers. And this is where working in community becomes extremely rewarding because we laugh with each other. We joke with each other. There's bonds that happen with each other because we are committed in that same value of honesty of truth of transparency okay we're all in the same boat we're all in our in the same intentions on this journey together we are all as a dear brother starshine has said we're all walking each other home and in this way it becomes a much more joyous journey because there's brothers and sisters by our side all right, there's a couple comments coming in. I'm going to go ahead and read those out. Uh, okay. All right. So our dear brother Darren says, free writing has worked well on my healing journey. Yes, yes, yes. And then behind my eyes and storylines, hello, dear sister. She says, yeah, I was hyper-focusing on the inherited aspect. It's a huge piece. My awareness sees the dance with bacteria, viruses, fungus, and the action one takes to address how those programs express for self. Yes. 
Yeah, because all those things are frequencies. They're energy signatures. While I've been here in Central America, I've been exploring uh, Rife technology because there are people with uh, Rife machines. Um, they have several names. There's Rife machines, a name, but uh, Spooky Pulse, Spooky Two. These are also names for for these devices, and it's a technology that actually scans the frequencies of your system, of your cells, and all these different layers, and can tell you what frequencies of bacteria, of fungus, of molds, of this and of that that are in your system. It's really quite astonishing. You can actually eject parasites, kill, eliminate, dissolve parasites out of your system by addressing it through frequency. What does this tell us? It tells us that these things start out here in the unseen world, but long before it reaches our physical expression. And this is what makes the uh, light body healing so powerful because you can pull out the blueprint of certain diseases, the blueprint of certain dra dra trauma dramas, the blueprint of certain woundings that you've inherited. You can pull it out and reinform it while it's still in the energetic nesting dolls of your being and therefore you never need to experience it in the physical form really powerful really powerful work the thing is we need to get past these constructs nesting dolls of our ego driver for some people just to realize that energy exists right <laughs> but for others that have already made that leap um you know we start to recognize thoughts, feelings, attitudes that we carry on a day-to-day -day basis are frequencies that open us up, that keep us open for certain um, trials and tribulations to get expressed through our system, whether it be disease, heartbreak, you know, stuff like this. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. I originally heard that term from a dear brother starshine named George Kavaslis. I've mentioned him a few times in this, in these chats. Um, he's a very interesting character. Um, he's not on social media much. He was way ahead of the curve. He kind of he knew this um, the game, the social media game was going to start cracking down and um, uh, let's say applying some you know the censorship and stuff. So he really he was able to. He saw that coming and worked out a whole nother way of communicating his message without ever needing to go on to social media. Really inspiring, actually, that he's done that. Um, but yeah, you can find him. He's got web. I think he's got it. I think that's the name of his website, Walking Each Other Home. And dear Beverly says, there's an app on Rife Frequency called Rife. Wait a minute. There's an app on Rife Frequencies called Rife Frequency Tone amplifier. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. So there is a bit of a conversation going on in the Rife world about Wi-Fi, about um, technology, wireless technologies and stuff like this. Um, and I know the healing apparatus called Healy is, is also involved in that conversation. There are things that can be done, but, um, but in general, a lot of Rife practitioners are not a fan of, of, the, of, tech, of the, the wireless fields for information. But that's an ongoing conversation, so I'm not saying anything is absolute. I'm just, I've been exposed to those conversations. And they're interesting. They're interesting. There's different schools of thought. So, <clears throat> but let me come back to integration. <laughs> so, you know, when you have something integrated become, because it is a baseline within your being, it's, it is a, let's say baseline slash default aspect that informs your in the moment being. So when you talk about things, you talk about things because it's a truth you have realized within yourself. You've had a profound realization within, and now it's a truth. Take that versus someone speaks to you of a deep realization that they've had. You sense it's the truth. You haven't had the realization yourself, but your truth compass says it's true. Therefore, it's an idea. It's a mind thought. You see? That's the difference. Like when we say, when someone says, we are all one, 
Okay. Now, when someone is speaking from the aspect of them, where that is the reality, and they say we are all one, there's a strong, powerful feeling, vibration that's coming from them when they're saying that versus when someone says we're all one. After all, we're all one. You know what I mean? You feel the difference? It's out here. <laughs> it's an idea that they know is the truth, but it's not a personal realization yet. When something is a personal realization, it's, a, it's something that's alive inside of you. It's living and breathing within you. It's integrated as a part of your being. And it's not an idea that you believe in. It's a truth that you are living. You see? Very different things. So it's not enough to know something is the truth. It's not enough to just have an awareness that, that there are other things beyond of, you know, what you previously thought. That's, not, that's, only, that's only one of the nesting dolls of who you are. Now, granted, how you think about things and what you think reality is has a lot to do with how much further the integration can go. So, for example, if there's a, a realization that's trying to present itself, but it goes against something that's a belief system inside of you, you got you to gotta get to the resolve of that belief system inside of you before that realization can be fully had, you know? So this is, this is a really big piece that I'm talking about. Integration is the theme for 2024, in my, in my opinion right now. Because we've all had big awakenings as a collective from, uh, well, for many people it started in 2012. And for many other people, it really got rocking in 2020, right? And now we're here in 2024, we're starting four years. And uh, there's more and more people waking up. And now, you know, that integration is going to, is commencing. The more each of us integrates these things that we've, these realizations we've had and woken up to, the easier it's going to be for other people around us to have that realization. And it's because we are interconnected. And I, and a lot of people don't like that. They want to keep energy separate from them. That's, that's the, that's the need of the ego driver to get a proper perspective. But when you're integrating, our interconnectedness is an asset. It's not a hindrance, okay? It's an asset. And it's because this awakening is a collective journey. It's not, a, it's not just individual. The work we do is individual, but the resonance and the build of the resonance is collective. Because this is a consensus reality, whether we realize it or not. The 4D field is a consensus reality. That's a more accurate way to say it. The 4D field specifically is a consensus reality. The other nesting dolls beyond that really work off of intent. Speaking of intent, I want to go a little bit deeper into, um, I want to talk a little bit about the chakra system. Because there's a lot of conflicting feelings about the chakra system that, that we have in our community. For many people, they love, 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 love the chakra system. You know, it comes from the, the most popular version of the chakra system that is prolific in the new age energetic world these days is the seven chakra model as taught through the Vedic teachings. And, and this is, uh, I would say, the most prolific. There are other chakra models, for sure, that are different. Um, but in general, when you talk about a chakra, which is a Sanskrit term, people mean the seven chakra model, where you have your crown, your third eye, your throat, your heart, your solar plexus, your, your sacral, and your root. Each of them have names. Each of them have petals with tones. Each of them have flavors of energy, have a color, have a keynote, okay? And I do want to talk about this because there is another faction of starseeds slash lightworkers that have a very strong aversion to the chakra system and have gone as far as to um, channel slash um, individuate, activate methods of unraveling 
the chakra system from their energy bodies. Now, just that idea alone triggers a lot of people. <laughs> okay, so I just, I just want to acknowledge that. But I do want to mention that there are ancient teachings that go back even further than the Vedic teachings that do not acknowledge that particular chakra system. They acknowledge different energy systems. One of my favorite being that of the ancient Tao. And I'm not talking about the contemporary Tao. I mean, ancient Tao. And that is we have three primary centers that we're working with. Our heart, our will center, and our sacral center. Those are the three that you work with. There are other schools of thought, such as some of the indigenous teachings of these mountains here, where the, the main energy centers you acknowledge are the ones in the mind and the head, as in having proper um, capacity to tune in to the mind of God, Great Spirit, having the capacity to tune in to the truth in the heart, love, Munai, and having the capacity to take action on these two systems operating together. So I'm not here to say that one's, one's right, one's wrong. I'm just mentioning these other systems just to help give people a place to relax in relationship to what I'm about to talk about with the chakras, the seven chakra model. Years ago, I think it was 2017, I was in Tulum for the very first time, and it was a very activating experience. Actually, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of amazingness, and there was a lot of shadow, a lot of dark forces, a lot of sorcery, crazy stuff. Which, what happens when there's a lot of light? Because what happens when there's light equaling consciousness, equaling energy? Okay, when you have a lot of energy, consciousness, light entering into a field, it lights up all the things that are not light. Okay, so this is why darkness becomes a um, dominant in one's awareness when, when a lot of consciousness is imbuing a reality. This is why a lot of lightworkers, star, star seeds, focus on the dark stuff. It's because that's what they're seeing. They're filling themselves up so much. They're awakening their consciousness so brightly. It's illuminating all this dark stuff. And then people, you know, get scared or get triggered by all the dark stuff that they see and talk about. But really what it is, is that the more you illuminate yourself, the more you can identify the stuff that is not light, that is not awake yet. So I was in Tulum. And I was, of course, being introduced to amazing star shines, a lot of them very advanced star seeds. Don't even didn't even really understand what star seeds were. Didn't even understand that they were advanced beings. They were just living their life. And then um, I would come across them and there would be, you know, an instant recognition when we would meet. And there was this one star shine that um, came over because she felt really called to um, to work with me. And as soon as I opened the fields and started tracking with her, these beings show up, these giants show up. They identified themselves as Hyperboreans. And they showed me that they were the builders of many of the pyramidal complexes here that people are calling Mayan complexes here in the, in, uh, the Yucatan. And they also showed me that they brought a gift to humanity to help the humans, to help soul deeper integrate in the human body. And that gift was the chakra system. It was the seven chakra model. And I didn't quite understand why that was coming through so strongly until the end of the session. And I realized that this being that I was working with, who I perceived as a very advanced human, was uh, resonating with a past incarnational experience as being one of these beings thousands of years ago. Um, yes, the timeline of what we have in our history is a total lie. None of that is none of that is accurate from my perception and many other people's perceptions, especially those that have done deep dive into the research and deep dive into the science of these sacred sites. So that happened. And then not long after that, 
um, I started coming across star seeds that were talking about their experience of um, removing their chakras and how liberating it was to remove that particular funneling system from their energy body. And of course, those conversations became highly volatile because it was hitting up against a belief system that people believe that you can't exist without chakras. And really, at the time of them coming and being gifted to humans, it's true. You could not exist within your bio suit without that chakra system being a bridge for your consciousness, according to what I was shown. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this so we can get free from a this or that idea. We need to understand that we are waking up beyond, beyond, beyond other levels that um, have been accessible to humans for many thousands of years because of these veils lifting, because there's so many cycles coming to an end. Um, some people call them the, Kali, the, the, the yugas, the Kali Yuga cycles, okay? There's short cycles and there's long cycles. Some cycles are just, you know, a few days, 30 days. Some cycles are several years. Some cycles are several centuries. Some cycles are several thousands of years. Some cycles are several millions of years, billions of years, okay? All, and there's, this is a very unique point in the evolution of this particular realm because there are many, many, many of those cycles, those long count cycles coming to completion in this what this time space understanding that we have which means an opportunity which also means there's a point in time where the conduit is fully open to who we are as infinite beings having this experience so graham hammock i don't know if you guys um ever checked out that series that i that i talked about last time he has, it's called um, Ancient Apocalypse. The name of that series completely turned me off. But then um, a friend of mine watched the, the first episode. They're like, oh my gosh, Christina, you got to watch this. <laughs> so I did, and I watched it with friends, and we were really blown away because he builds a beautiful, beautiful timeline, storyline of how uh, 11,000 to 15,000, there's a window here, where there is a story of a great catastrophe and then these beings coming and helping humanity rebuild, which goes right along with what those Hyperboreans were telling me, that humanity was decimated by this catastrophe and these beings came to help us rebuild. And uh, the name given to these beings was Anunnaki. And here's the thing, the Anunnaki isn't a single race, right? It's, it's many different races. And in a particular model of understanding, the catastrophe happened. It cleared the deck, swiped the slate, so to speak, for a new program to come in. The new program, accompanying with the chakra system, the new program was giving us things like art and science, spirituality, um, and even DNA hybridization, as in we were procreating with these beings or they were procreating with us, okay? And Billy Carson and other people talk about this and they, and they uh, hypothesize, they insert that there was a particular DNA dance inserted to humanity. And that, that, that particular DNA dance was something they call the worship gene, as in it's, it's ingrained in us to worship and glorify something outside of us. And, and what I'm saying here is that these beings that came to help us rebuild, they had an intent. And that intent was to shift our, oper our core operation system to being orientated to God, to what we call God. And this is important because as these veils lift, as these veils clean out, 
as we get faced with integrating these activations that are happening on all these levels for ourselves, we are going to come confronted with this particular piece. And uh, the Pleiadians have called this the God poison. And the reason why they call it a God poison is because humanity, instead of taking paying close attention and taking care of each other and the life circumstances of this realm, they started giving their resources, life force and otherwise to something else at the cost of the quality of life of this realm. Okay. I'm saying this out loud. Just feel what your body does when you hear it. I'm not trying to force anything down anybody's throat here. I'm just entering, I'm just entering this idea into the pool here. Because as these veils lift, we're going to hit this more and more and more and more. And people will get activated and triggered at the same time. This is why the, the spiritual war narrative is building so much, so much momentum. Because... Sure, you can see what's going on here as a spiritual warfare. You could. And on some level, it's on certain perspectives and level of self. It's true. We're invested in that. But there's other aspects that, are, that we're opening up to that exist beyond that. And if we are hell-bent that the, that the warfare is what's happening, if we're hell-bent that this is a battle between good and evil, or if this is a if we're hell-bent on this is a battle between organic and inorganic, okay, we are going to tweak ourselves out, okay? Something's going to get forced open. And when things get forced open inside of the human psyche, within our subconscious, within these biosuits, we get traumatized. And the forces that be, when I say forces that be, I'm talking about dragon consciousness, cosmic mother, the true all that is creational force doesn't want us to get tweaked out. They are uh, working together to help hold humanity as we go through this opening, as we go through the lifting of these veils because it's painful. You know, we get to, on some levels, relive all the unresolved ancestral trauma. We get to relive all these, um, you know, all these aspects that, that all these events that happened that served to close us down. We're reliving it on some level. If we're not reliving it on a physical level, we're watching others relive it, or we're going through it in the dream realms. But the fact is, this awakening process is happening and there is no stopping it. The cycle has to come to completion. There is no stopping it. And if we are going to go through this cycle with sovereignty, with peace, with centeredness, clarity, resolve, contentment, the battle's got an end. We have to let that realization inside of ourselves that there is no real battle going on. Okay. So that means cutting through all of the interference within that 4D field that tells us that this is right and this is wrong. This is enslavement and this is freedom. This is, you know, okay. Um, this is um, the dangers of AI and this, you, you know what I mean? All these, th all these narratives, including the AI narratives, all these things are meant to trigger us because these are all those nesting dolls of control that we're waking up to. And the fact is we are infinite beings. We are infinite beings. We have no beginning and we have no end. When this becomes a realized truth, then you start to see that these, these, this narrative that I'm talking about is one of the most detrimental lies to humanity, the God poison. Now we can still call the creational force, revere, revere the creational force of the cosmos as God. We can still refer to it as that. We just need to understand that that force is going to be there no matter what. It doesn't matter if we worship and glorify it. We do not need to give it our energy. 
our relationship, our true relationship to it is opening ourselves to receive it because it's always flowing. It's infinite. There is no tapping that source. It is an infinite flow of movement that never, ever ends. Okay. So even this chapter here where we're, you know, humanity is on a huge precipice. Depending on what time lens you're looking at to the narrative is going to tell you where you're to focus your energy. Depending on where you are in the timeline narrative tells you who your enemy is. Okay. If you're working on the timeline narrative of the past 10,000 years, then it's a battle of good and evil. If you're going back to the narrative of the past 50,000 years, 100,000 years, then it's a battle between organic and AI. If you open yourself up to the narratives, and they will reach you if you're open to them, because reality doesn't work the way we think it does. When we're a frequency match for, for certain levels of consciousness, it just happens. It comes to us. We don't have to work for it. It comes to us. The work is us getting to a place of accepting the truth as it is. Okay. That's the work, you know, working with these shattered nesting dolls of consciousness, of constructs. So if you open yourself up to the narrative, and this is why I love the Sasquatch narrative so much, to many millions of years, you understand that this is the, this is simply a cycle that's coming to a close, a large, a long count cycle in conjunction with short count, count cycles. And when we look at it this way, the narratives that are used to leverage human at humans against other humans become completely irrelevant. The need for an enemy completely ends. Completely. Now, this will be triggering what I'm saying, but do sit with this and let this find where, where you are inside. Now, if there's a part of you that really wants to be in the battle of good and evil, you know, do that. You're going to do that till you're done. You're going to do that until something wakes up, cracks that open. And then you'll have no choice but to face the truth because it's inside of you. It's not out here. It's right here. There is a sentence within, there's a, um, a, a phrase within the opening of sacred space when acknowledging Jaguar consciousness. And that is stepping beyond the veils of death stepping up beyond the need for an enemy in this life or the next. This is a really important phrase to come to terms with because this isn't about turning the other cheek. This is about allowing awakening inside of yourself to get to a place, a realization to happen where you understand that all of the conflicts that we are experiencing are created. It's not a force of nature we're working against. It's not a force outside of us. It's created. It's co-created. So as you expand beyond the galactic mind, beyond who you are in this way, beyond the bodhisattva nature, you can actually connect with the aspect of you that is participating in this need for an enemy, that is participating and even engineered the perfect enemy for you to go to battle with. And it needs to be, because you're an infinite being in this role, completely blind to who you are, it needs to be a real insurmountable enemy because the whole purpose of this is not to keep us in prison, though that is a narrative. The whole purpose, once you're awake to these other levels, is to wake you up. Wake you up outside of the roles that you're playing. Wake you up out of the ego driver dance. Wake you up to realize you are the engineer, the architect, and the player 
of this reality. You are, I am, we are. And the reality unfolding on this planet, in this realm, I should say, is one of the most exciting games in town or the most exciting game in town. So hopefully this is helpful. <laughs> I know some of this is triggering for you guys, but hopefully this is helpful so you guys can put some of the heaviness down and let yourself make this, make this walk be what you want it to be. You know, the more you can share this walk with others, walk each other home, the more joy, the more um, upliftment you can have while you're going through this unraveling. You know, while you're going through this unraveling, it's huge. And also I'm saying this, so when we're going in, when we're feeding our minds, when we're feeding our awarenesses with these narratives that take us down the spiral of heaviness and hopelessness, we can understand that this is a true experience that we're having and we're choosing to have this experience. And the very human way to, to end or at least mitigate this downward spiral experience that we're having is to look for good news. Look for the wins in the world. Our media feeds us suffering because that gives us, for some reason, humanity has this perverse pleasure in our suffering. We're actually physiologically experiencing dopamine when we're experiencing outrage, frustration, and anger. And we become addicted to that, okay? And all of the media, social media, alternative media, you name it, all of that is feeding that addiction. So when you're in that downward spiral, take note what I'm talking about. This The reality is not what we think it is. And if you want to be heavy, be heavy. But if you want a way out of this downward spiral, look for the good news. Search for the wins. Search for the miracles. As soon as you commit to perceiving and experiencing the miracles that are going on in this world, you'll see more of it. You'll recognize it more, even in your own life. So you are an infinite being with no beginning and no end. You are an infinite being with no beginning and no end. Your soul was not created that those kinds of things are the veils that are opening right now. And we can choose whatever game we want to play. There's no right or wrong in it. It's whatever we want. This reality is a tool, a tool for us to have experiences, experiences that only can be had here. So in this way, it's precious. And we, and the, the formula, uh, that's not the right way to say it, the secret to liberating yourself is your presence, the deep heart, spiritual spirit presence. Because when you are present in this way, all the veils, all the lies, the illusions become alchemized and the truth is just naturally there. Beauty just naturally unfolds within you, and then it translates to the external. We become the miracle. And as dear brothers and sisters of the Laika and Quechua tribes, we become the people we've been waiting for. That's another one of those. I, I just love that. Because a lot of people want to be saved by UFOs, want to, you know, they want to be saved by some species, but really we're the ones that are going to save ourselves. I am, you are, your children, your children's children. We are the ones that are going to do the work. We are the ones that are going to wake up to the truth of this world and change it, reclaim it as the master beings that we are, as the infinite beings that we are. So those activations are going to keep rolling. Your work is integrating those activations. I gave you some helpful tips to help you with integrating. 
And eventually that tipping point will happen where you will truly know freedom inside of yourself. Freedom will become so strong, it becomes a source of your joy, the source of the reason why you want to get up out of bed, regardless of the drama that's happening in this outside world. <laughs> All right, darlings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This time goes by so fast. I swear it felt like 20 minutes of sitting here talking with y'all. <laughs> uh, hopefully these pieces that I hit have been helpful for you to help free you up, help liberate you, recognize a different kind of perspective to what liberation, freedom, sovereignty means. And hopefully you've given yourself permission to enjoy this reality a bit more. It can be fun. We can, when we're working together, make it something really worth, worth living for. Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Mwah, mwah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.